What's up? My name is Alex Terranova. I am the host of the Dream Mason podcast. Welcome. We started this in 2017 because we wanted to highlight the journey of Dream Masons. There's a Dream Mason in all of us. A Dream Mason is someone who is awake to their dreams and driven by the passion, the purpose, and the desire to turn that dream into reality. We interview athletes, gold medalists, Super Bowl champions, artists, creatives, eight, nine-figure entrepreneurs, spiritual leaders, and everyone in between. And sometimes we even walk them through challenges that they're currently facing. So depending on whether you're catching this as a regular interview or a playing with problems segment, there is something for you, whether you're at the peak of your journey, at the low point of your journey. I look forward to having you join me on this journey. And I hope that this show helps you unleash your inner Dream Mason. What's up? And welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I am your host, Alex Terranova. I went to a, it's perfect actually that we're going to have this conversation today. I'll, I'll tell you about my guest in a minute, but uh, I went to an event this weekend that my wife wanted me to go to. And I wasn't like a no, it wasn't one of those things where you're like, oh, I really don't want to go to this thing, but I'm going for her. It was more like, a, all right, I'll go to this thing. Like, you know, it's not like I probably wouldn't go on my own, not like ne needing to go. But I'll go to this thing. And really, I went because not only did she want to go, but a bunch of our friends were going, the the like uh, the the partners, the men and the women in relationships. I think everybody that went with us was in a relationship. And it was like an intimacy, sexuality, relationship kind of seminar. And we had this crazy thing happen, which I think is one of the first times we've ever had this experience where she loved what was happening. And I didn't. <laughs> And her body was like lit up and she was just glowing and she wanted more. And she was just like fully vibing the experience. And I felt so turned off and so shut down and so like repulsed and like the opposite of her. It was really weird because we couldn't, in the moment, we couldn't even talk about it because she, I kind of felt bad that I wasn't feeling the way she was feeling she kind of felt like she didn't want to like try to make me feel differently than I was feeling, like let me have my experience. And um, yeah, it was just, it was a really interesting space to be in. And then on the drive home the next day, um, we were in, we were in LA and we're driving back to San Diego the next day, we were talking about it and I was sharing with her how, you know, separated by day that, um, when you're doing uh, vulnerable work of any kind, there's like the area where you're like, oh, I'm totally comfortable. This is great. Then the area where you're like out of your comfort zone, but you're still like, okay. You like know you're being stretched, right? It's like, it's like that, those exercises or fitness where you're like, oh, I'm like really, I'm pushing myself here, but I can, I can like do this. I'm good. And then there's the area that's like, I don't have this, like this is unsafe or I'm not okay here or I can't do this. And we all have some version of that. What I realized in talking about it the next day was I wasn't aware of where my I'm not okay area is. That I think, especially as men, we have this like, we're fine. I can do anything. I can like, I'm not going to be uncomfortable. You can put me in any situation. And so we don't even have a thing that makes us go, oh, like I'm not safe here. Whereas I, I'm just, again, very generalizing here, but I would say because of the world that we live in, women have a very conscious, I'm not safe here. I'm not comfortable here. I need to like be out of this space. 
and not better. It's not better that men don't and women do or anything. It's just, I think that on a, on a very generalized scale, it's common that women are very aware of when they're not safe, not comfortable, not okay. Whether they do something about it is something different. And men, I think are actually, unless it's like an actual life and death, like someone with a gun or, you know, a violent situation when it's like an emotional, not safe, not sure. We don't know. We're like not actually aware, but we have a response that happens when we're in those situations. And for me, I become a whole lot of fuck you, a whole lot of like, no, uh, I'm against this. Like I become very righteous. My opinion comes out. I become very judgmental. Um, and I'm like, not going to be moved. Like I'm like, it's a strong force that takes over. And as we were driving, I was sharing with her how I like love that part about me, that that force, because it also keeps me safe when I'm not in good situations. It like knows how to hold the boundary, which is a great thing to have. But in a situation like we were in, I wasn't being forced on anything and nothing was being sold to me. I didn't actually need to hold a firm boundary. And that thing like fully took over my body that like entered that, like, I'll just call it my shadow fully was, was, I, I almost hold it as like, it's a cloaked, it's like a guy with like a cloak, long cloak, hood, mask, all black. And he's just standing there, like standing guard. And once he takes over, I, I was present to like, I had no, I had no ability to like say yes or choose out. I was just, he was in control. And I would, I would say that that is what I like. I was having an embodied experience of fear and unsafety and I'm, and I wasn't able to do anything about it, which was actually the worst part because it had me then feel completely like paralyzed, impotent and, and like unable to change. So even if I wanted to change my mood or my behavior, I wasn't able to. And I think we see that a lot with men, um, who like get mad and have to leave a situation or have to go to a different room or shut down or just like double down on where they're at. And I know this can happen for women too. Um, but when we, if we can, that the, the cool thing about this is having that conversation with my wife had me go, Oh my God, I got to pay. I can just like pay attention to that. Now I can just look for that. When that guy takes over that shadow version of myself, the thing that we talked about was just say he's here. Like just say to my wife or a situation I'm in, whoa, I'm like, that guy's here. I am like out of control. That guy's here. He's taken over. Uh, there's not, and, and the thing is, cause then you can do something about it, right? Then we can like get me to a place where I like feel safe, where I feel comfortable. We could like, I could actually leave that space. Um, and I can then become the person I say I am and the person I want to be versus letting the shadow side of me be in control for however long it wants to be in control, which has the most of me just feel crappy about myself. Um, and I sh I'm sharing this. I didn't know I was going to share this, but it's perfect to share because the conversation, a lot of the conversation we're about to have is going to be about embodiment. And I think that's a, it's a really powerful conversation for multiple reasons. One is in all the men's work I'm doing, it's a lot of what we talk about, getting guys to understand how they feel, getting guys to understand their emotions how those things show up in their body, how the way it shows up in their body impacts their life, their relationships, their communication, um, their health. And I think it's a huge gap in relationships. Relationships really struggle because often men are not in their bodies at all. Women often are very much in their feelings or their bodies, 
or nobody's in their bodies because we live in a really masculine society, which has us all be up in our heads most of the time. So uh, my guest today has been on this podcast before. I just looked up when she was here last time, which was felt like a whole different world. It was December 3rd. Well, that's when it aired, episode 107, 2019. And she is in uh, my new book that's coming out, uh, How Dreams Are Built. Um, we don't have a release date yet, but it's 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 on its way out. And um, I've been inviting people back to, to see where they're at and what they want to talk about. And she is, so when she was on this podcast a while back, she had a program and a course called Booty School. Um, that has now become bomb booty. She is, she has a teacher training. She teaches, I want to say like an alternative way to get healthy and be in your body and do fitness. I like the, I like the idea that it's transformation through movement. She is a mother. She wasn't a mother when we recorded this. She's a coach. She's a leader. She's a former client of mine. Shauna Mox, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so much has changed since 2019. Yes, it has. <laughs> I mean, yes. 2019, I don't think you were like, oh, I don't know that you were like, I'm going to be a mom at that point. Like, I, not that you wouldn't have, but like that wasn't like on your radar yet. No, absolutely. It was actually absolutely not on my radar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other journey I had to take. Yeah. I'm like a lot of, I mean, we don't need to go into all the things that have happened, but a lot has happened since then. You've like rebranded, you've changed what you're doing. You're still growing what you're doing. The pandemic changed things for obviously everyone. Um, but yeah, before we even kind of dig in further, I'm just curious. I always like to have people, is there anything you want to say or or comment on and and like what I shared to start? Um. First of all, I just loved hearing you talk about your wife <laughs> and you the word wife. So congratulations Thank on you. all the things. Um, and the whole time you were talking, I was actually very grateful. Well, A, I also want to say I'm, I'm, I acknowledge and I honor the work that you're doing in this world for men. And I'm, you know, as soon as all of that started happening, I was like, yes, not only because it's like something I know that needs to happen in this world, but you and Bob doing it was I was like, yes, perfect, perfect. Keep going, keep going, keep going. So I am really just rooting for you, for that movement and everything that you're doing with Alchemy of Men. And um, I also was having a really funny experience on listening to you because I just had a hard conversation with my boyfriend last night. I, you know, I was bringing up stuff in our relationship and he like that thing happened to him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of what I was, I was just talking to him about, like, I had done some digging as to like, when I get triggered in relationship, what it's all about. And, and I'll share that it's whenever I'm fearful of disconnect or not feeling enough connection with him. And, and, it, and it shows up in a, like a couple of different ways. And, and with all of them, I was like, the root of it is this thing, but he was just hearing all the things that he doesn't do. Right. I think. And like, 
And it, it was full on shut down. He was like, well, I'm not feeling very connected in this conversation if that was your point. And so anyway, that was just giving me a whole lot of insight. Um, because the other thing that I heard in your share was around, you know, the comfort zone and the growth zone, which reversed in. But there's also that the panic zone, which is what I would call what you were describing, right? And so to actually, uh, like, to see it through that lens of like, oh, he wasn't feeling safe, like it was like uncharted territory, and his body was like giving like, we're not safe. And that's what was happening actually gives me a lot of like, access to compassion and, and just more information about how to navigate stuff. So I yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't I don't think Look, if we're if you're a man, for the most part, again, not all men, but like for the most part, if you're a man and you don't feel safe, it means you're like weak. Not not it doesn't honestly mean that, right? But that's the interpretation. If you're a man and you're like, I'm out of my comfort zone, I'm uncomfortable, it's there's a there's a, a vulnerability weakness there that that's layered through our society that isn't necessarily the truth, but that's how it it kind of it's just like not manly to admit fear discomfort, um, that instability. And so we're so not versed in it that, yeah, you're right. It's like, we're in a panic, even anxiety for, for men, like men often men struggle with anxiety. And a lot of them don't even know that it's anxiety. They don't even know what they're experiencing until something happens that has somebody be like, Oh, that's anxiety. Um, and I'm thinking about like what you shared with your partner, you know, I, I talk, this is a great moment for people that are in male, female or male, male relationships, um, or maybe even for women that are more like fall into the more masculine. When I think that when we're, when we don't have a connection to our feelings or emotions, our whole sense of self is like what we do or what we've done is all action oriented. And so as as men, I think specifically when we're hearing our partners or our friends or our bosses tell us what's wrong or the problem, we automatically internalize it as like, we suck, we're fucked up, we're broken, whatever, because we can't actually just have a feeling of like, oh, this is sad. Yeah. Or we don't, that we haven't had the practice feeling or having the emotions. So we don't know. So we just go right to the action of the feedback must mean something about us. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, I um there's a couple of women in the in the transformational space, spiritual space that are um you know, they've been in it for a while and they're having like high level conversations about dynamics between men and women and one thing that has really struck me um I actually had her on my podcast. Her name's Arielle Brown and she was talking about, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of conversation of um, you know, in relationships with men and women that it's <clears throat> the man's role to like help the woman feel safe because we live in this world where women are, are victimized. Right. And so <clears throat> there's a lot of conversation around that, but there's no conversation around what a woman can do to create safety for her man, to go to those vulnerable places and 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 the second part of that is also radical responsibility for creating safety in yourself on both ends mm -hmm. right 
so I thought those are those are interesting um, pieces of the conversation that this whole thing that we're talking about is really reminding me of. <clears throat> yeah, I think they flow. They they have to. Well, they don't have to, but if you want to have a healthy, dynamic, expansive relationship, I think they have to flow into each other. And and sometimes I'll hear women say, well, the man has to like lead. And I'm like, look, it's great if the man can lead. It's a wonderful thing if, if the man can lead. And But it doesn't actually matter who leads. Whoever pours into the other person just filled them up. And now they get to pour, that person can pour back into the other person. So if if you're the one feeling safer or safe at the moment, you get to lead by making your partner feel safe. And then when they feel safe, they're going to then be able to make you feel safe. And it's it's an infinity. It just gets to flow back and forth. I I think that's the that is the uh most beautiful balance of the masculine and feminine, whether we're talking male or female or or whatnot, is just that dance of something has to go first, whether it be the masculine or the feminine, and whichever goes first enables the cycle to never end. We're usually so concerned with who goes first that the cycle doesn't actually get to even get started. Yeah, I hear that. I, um, the other thing that's coming up for me is like, <clears throat> you know, for context, I'm, a, I'm in a relationship with a man who's not the father of my child. We're both raising babies. We've been together for a year. And I came to the table, well, we both came to the table with our, our wounding and our stuff. Right. And so, um, one thing that I'm really sitting with too, is like all the stories of disappointment from men. And like, I realized that I was doing, that I was like doing that in my relationship, just just really focused on all the things he wasn't like living up to xyz of how I felt things should be and and I was like oh my god I'm like creating the trap right <laughs> like I don't want to create the trap and I also don't want to I don't want to bypass my own feelings and needs and observations right so um and I even was expressing this in, in the conversation we were having last night. I was like, listen, it's a it's a total dance for me over here too, navigating, navigating what's true for me because it's true and I need something from you or from this relationship. Or is it true because it's like rubbing up against this story that feels true? That uh, And like, for example, the story that all men are going to disappoint me or all men are going to leave me or ultimately I'm unlovable, right? So there's, um, I've been really, I've been like really taking this practice of, of the, like the acknowledgement, like acknowledging all the things that he is doing, right? Like I want to feed that beast. I want to feed the beast of goodness, <laughs> And, and not just like harp on all the things that in my opinion, he's not doing or doing wrong or whatever. So yeah, it's, I, 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 the dance and the flow and like, and also like who's feeling stronger, who's feeling, who's feeling more rooted, you know, like there's times when I'm, when I'm a mess and he can totally hold it down. And it's like, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. And I do the same for him. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when you're in a, if you're in a healthy relationship, 
you get to take turns. Yeah. Because nobody has it together all the time. Now, it sucks when you're both, <laughs> when both yeah. people are having a hard time, right? That's where it really, you get to find out what part of your partnership is really like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know I look, I haven't been married for a long time and we've been together not that long either in general, but it seems like we do have this steady balance of when I'm having a hard time, she's feeling strong and when, and vice versa. And sometimes when we're both having a hard time, somebody puts their shit down and like becomes the strong one for a moment for the cup, for the, for the, for us. Um, you said something that I wanted to, that I wanted to touch on. Um, oh, the truth piece, you know, that like, there's such a fine line between like our truth and what is true. It's yeah. so, you know, the way you feel is the truth, is a truth, right? I feel hurt. I feel, it's like, you don't even feel hurt. You feel like pressure in your chest or you feel hot, right? Hurt is the label you put on, which I think is like one of the funniest things when we, if you get a group of people together and you like have them do something, then you're like, tell me what you feel. Everyone names all these labels. So like frustrated, angry, pissed off, happy. It's like, no, no none of those are feelings. Those are emotions. What's the feeling? What does happiness feel like? Oh, it feels like energy bubbling up in my body. It feels like trembling in my stomach, right? I'm making some up. Um, that we that we think that that thing we, we that that experience we're having is is for sure real, but then the the new label we give it, maybe why it's caused, maybe we don't really right. We don't and and even the way the situation played out is a version, right? Our perspective. Um, and I think it's like such, it's such dangerous territory when we in relationships fall into like, this is what happened yeah. or like, mm -hmm. this is what you did, or this is what I did. Cause it's just so like, not, I wish it was that clear, but there's so many, like, there's so many little pieces to it all. I, I mean, even at, <clears throat> at one point in our discussion yesterday, I was like, I was like, listen, that you may not agree with what I'm saying. Cause that's, that's like, sometimes the rub is like him not agreeing with what I'm experiencing, but I'm like, but this is what I'm experiencing. <laughs> like you can't argue with that. You know what I mean? So it is, it is, there's, there's a lot of nuance and it's, um, and I think because we're so new, we're still really navigating like distinguishing those things like uh and i and i'm you know it's relationship is is the perfect container to heal your relationship stuff so so it's not like you can go do this work alone and then be this this uh healed person that then gets to have a relationship that's just like literally not how we work we are a process right so um the relationship is the is like the training ground in a way i mean i think of it like that is this is where this is the gym of your this is the most intense gym of your life mm -hmm. right you get to go work out your body gym and gyms and running and dancing and your the most our emotional our feeling our love our intimacy our trust gym 
is exercised with our partners. Now it's also exercised with our parents and some of our friends, but it it is not the same way. Not yeah, and, same. and not and not as intensely and as often. Um, let's talk about embodiment. Let's like just start with, you know, what does that mean to you? Um, so embodiment to me is awareness of what's happening in our body. <laughs> the most simply I, I can, I can put it. Um, another way to say it is connection with your body. Um, for me, embodiment was the pathway to this life of transformation and transformational work, transformation in my life. Um, all, all started with me with this, it was a feminine dance practice where I was showing up and, and moving my body and having these experiences of like, you know, standing in squat and feeling powerful and then being like, oh, I am powerful. You know, expressing myself and like taking up space and being like, oh my gosh, I I guess I'm allowed to take up space like this, <laughs> right? So it was it was the it was the access point and it's what got me interested in life coaching and studying life coaching. Um, which I, I went to accomplishment coaching and you were my coach through that program and beyond. Um, and like everything has circled back to embodiment because I feel like everything that I, I'm so grateful for my accomplishment coaching experience and getting immersed in the coaching world. Um, but I, I think what I realized, because even as all that stuff was happening, I wasn't like embodiment is what's happening. Like I had no fucking clue what was going on. I just knew that I moved my body. And every time I moved my body like that, I felt better, like in the moment. And then actually over time, my confidence was shifting my relationship to my body. I mean, before I started this dance practice, which was like in 2015 is when I started teaching a, a feminine form of like movement practice, <clears throat> which evolved into me creating my own thing, but it was all based in what I would say is, it's like feminine movements, right? Circular, um, more focused on an expression than like doing the thing. Right. Um, so that, I mean, I kind of lost my train of thought because I was like, oh, you just asked me what embodiment is. So anyway, um, the, the, the thing that I came to, like, so embodiment and this movement practice is what led me into having a transformational experience. I remember what I was talking about. Before I started dancing, I had a shit relationship with my body. I... I wouldn't say that I had an eating disorder, but that's because my only because my willpower is shit. You know, if I if I had stronger willpower, I probably would have had an eating disorder to as a result of how I felt about my body. Um, but I was constantly wrestling with an inner bully 
of really vicious inner bully of what I looked like, what I was eating, how I was moving, how I was not moving. It was just this, sometimes it was louder, sometimes it wasn't as loud, but it was, it was always there. And what I realized through this move, through the movement practice and the consistently showing up and being with myself in that way is the volume of that voice got turned so down and this other voice showed up this voice of like reverence and damn I look good damn I feel good you know like got way louder and the liberation that I feel that I was like I was having this experience and I was just like I need and I was also witnessing my students have this experience and that's what led me to coaching because I was like, what's up with transformational work? I want a deeper, more intimate role in this process with myself and, and for others, you know? So why do you, why do you think that dancing, moving made like created that change in your mind? Around my body? Yeah. Like your thought patterns, your relationship oh, to your body? That's a great question. So um, at some point, I realized that connection is the root of all healing. You know, we were just talking about yeah, totally healing in, in relationship. And um, so whether that connection is with yourself, connection is with nature, with other people, with spirit, I believe that there is no healing without connection. And so just that practice of, of being in my body, number one, and having this time where I was like, <clears throat> my brain gets to take a break and my body gets to take over, um, was just time in connection with my body. And then the other thing that was happening was almost like working from the outside in, you know, a, a lot of the, a lot of the work I see out in the world is, you know, especially like from like meditation, spiritual side of things is a lot of like, what I would say is like the inside out type of work where you're sitting in stillness and then insights coming to you. And then that's extrapolating out into your life, which is one way that healing yeah. occurs for sure. For me, this was an outside in type of experience where I was allowing myself to move and to express and to lean into like show like there was um you know when I say there was like a feminine form, a big part of it was was dancing with and playing with like sexy energy like our mm -hmm. sexy energy in ourself, right? And when I first started, that was not a place I felt comfortable. <laughs> I felt super awkward in relating to myself as sexy or desirable or sensual. And, you know, it was definitely all messed up with like slut-shaming culture, um, also this like don't be too much don't be uh you know 
don't shine too bright. And also like, you know, victim blaming rape culture of, well, what were you wearing <laughs> kind of stuff? Like all of that resulted in me feeling like Ooh, sexiness is not something I want to identify with. It's not something that I, you know, it kind of felt weak. It kind of felt vulnerable for all those reasons, right? So to have to create a space where I could just actually experiment with putting the sexy on without making it silly right away, you know? And just like, you know, sometimes I, I, I was like, man, I look silly anyway, but I kept doing it. And I was also... I came into this whole practice leading other people because nothing existed where I lived. So I was just like, well, this looks like so much fun. I just want to bring it here anyway. So I, I knew like innately as a, as a, the leader of this experience that I was doing that how I showed up mattered. And so sometimes I was like, well, I'm going to kind of fake it right now because I want others to know that that's allowed in this room right? I knew they were looking to me for that. And then the more I showed up, the more it became me. It wasn't like, it wasn't like I was faking my way through this, but I, it was more like, oh, I'm going to push myself into these places. And then all of a sudden they were like integrating and assimilating and having room. Like it wasn't like I, I developed my feminine it was like I just gave it space to, yeah, to show up and to show up, and and then I discovered that I'm like an ex. I love like I love this, you know, person that I've grown into and that's been revealed. I feel very tied to my divine feminine, and I strongly identify with that now which was not who I was when I started this journey and so I so again like the reason it changed everything was because I was just practicing being in connection with my body (laughs) I I had no idea how you were going to answer that question and part of me was like is it fair to ask her this this Oh yeah. You know, and, um, well, cause there's a, there's a part of me that thought like, well, there's maybe a scientist who could tell me why movement would change your thoughts. Um, but I don't even know if that exists, but, uh, but what you said, which just really resonates and I've never even heard anyone say it like this is connection is the root of all healing, which I Look, I I am the first one to find a pick a hole in someone's stuff, like to push back about like, well, I don't, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I like really get that, like really lands, um, right in relationship. If there's a breakdown, it's get how do you get reconnected with your with your own self, mentally or physically, reconnection with with um with like, if you're, if you have a bad relationship with money, how do you heal that? Well, it's getting connected to money, it's getting connected to your relationship to money. Um, that's so interesting. Cause you say it and it sounds so simple and sometimes it is, but often it's the thing that really just scares us. We're so afraid to get connected and to be vulnerable, to put and ourselves hey, out there. It, it is simple. I actually tell the 
<laughs> the people that choose to become Bambudi instructors, I tell them, I'm like, listen, what we're doing is simple, but it doesn't mean that it's not profound. And it doesn't mean that it's not impactful. And it doesn't mean that it's not deep. <laughs> I think, yeah, when I say, and when I say simple, I think like it's, it's just what, you know, when I was sitting there in that, with that cloaked shadow guy taking over, it would have been simple for me to be like, I really like being here. Mm. Just to say those words is easy, right? But I actually couldn't, right? Like that, that I was so like just in a, in a, in, you're right. Like that, that, that entity, I want to say like that, that version of myself was so taken over that the simplest thing I wasn't able to do. Um, and I think that even, you know, when you talk about movement and dance and connecting with our bodies, you know, there was a time when actually Evan and I talk about this, Evan is like, she asked me, this was like before our wedding, she was like, can you stop ta like talking about your body negatively? Yeah. I was, you know, I was working out like every day I was eating so clean and I was like in the getting in the best shape I'd ever been in for a wedding. And I'd still come in the bedroom at night and like, you know, get ready for bed. And I'd look in the mirror and I like would just look for what was wrong or it's not even what was wrong. It's like, what could be better? Right. It's like, oh, well that's better, but it could, I want it to be even better. And I remember when she was like, can we create a like agreement that we won't like talk badly about our bodies? And in that, it's such a simple request, right? It's not for me. That's not a simple request because the way I like, not, it's not just my body. It's my body. My business, my life is like, I'm looking for what's wrong so I can make it better. That's like how it's not the right way. It's my default way of seeing the world. If I can find the flaws, then I can fix them and make it better. But it's a really kind of miserable way to see the world, right? It's it's the thing that I like work so hard to change about myself. It's and my body is is probably the is one of the like last vestiges where I where it feels the hardest. Mm -hmm. Um and I don't even know that we see the reality of ourselves often when we're like not connected, like I look at my body and as if from a disconnected place, I don't know what I'm actually seeing as reality versus what is like, what that, how is it possible that I could go from like 195 pounds to 180 pounds? And I still think I look exactly the same. That doesn't yeah. actually make any sense. Um, and that is to me like a clear, like it's, there's a disconnection. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the realizations I had, well, first of all, one of my experiences is I so drastically healed that disconnect in myself that I actually went from either obsessing over or actively avoiding myself, my body to a place of deep connection, reverence, devotion. Like I look in the mirror and I'm like, damn, I look good. That's my default thought now. <laughs> Even as I fluctuate, you know, I'll if I notice a fluctuation, for example, I'll be like, ah, 
all right, I guess I've been like, maybe I should kind of cut back on the carbs a little bit. Like it's not like I don't have like all the shame shit that it used to, I used to spiral into. And that has created so much space and liberation inside of me and my experience of the world that I was like, oh my God, if I could help other people create this in themselves and it, and I, and you know, I get like all uh, wild with my extrapolations where I'm like, well, what if the whole world felt good in their bodies? What world would that be like? And so I'm like, well, that that's what I'm here for. <laughs> this is, this is the thing I've created for myself. This is the thing that I care so passionately about. And I, and I, you know, I describe it in like, if we can heal our relationship to the thing we experience life through, that's going to change everything. Right. It's going to change everything. Yeah. It's also just an interesting thing. Like it's nice to hear your perspective or thoughts on our relationship to our body because I I have I've had some pretty powerful spiritual experiences where I'm like this is just a silly meat suit right mm-hmm. like this is just an avatar like I'm not this body I am a consciousness that is using this body just like you know like you're not your car but you use your car to get around um and and so there's a part of me that discards like how important it is our relationship to our body because it's like just this suit but then at the same time, and if, if I even use that metaphor, I think about your relationship to your car, right? If I give somebody a Ferrari, what does that change about the way they show up in life when they get out of that Ferrari and walk in versus if I give them like, you know, a car from 1984 that's like dented and beat up and rusting and they have to drive that around and live in it. Um, and does it mean that if their body is the is the version of the 1984 that they couldn't change their relationship to it? Mm -hmm. But like on the shell, like the thing that we're in or that we're housed in impacts us. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a, I love, uh, what's his name? Rain, uh, Dwight from the office. Yeah. I don't know his name, but I know you're talking about. So he, there's a clip going around where he's like, where he's like, we are souls having a human experience. I am not my body, my, you know, and he's like talking in that way. And I, and I get what he's saying. I and I listen. Like I, I believe that once we're done with Earth school, we go back into the cosmos, and there's like a bunch of other planetary families that we get to hang out with. And yeah, and I, I believe in that. Mm-hmm. But I, but I also believe that part of what we're here for is to be in our body. <laughs> like just like we're here on planet Earth to be in nature. That planet Earth has you know and so i i actually find it um a little bit dangerous to talk when when spiritual circles bypass the body and just talk about you know it kind of reminds me of christianity of like oh this life doesn't matter as long as we do good then we're going to get into heaven and that's what matters it's like no we can create our the the job is to create heaven on earth this is actually the only thing that we know to be true because it's right here in front of us so um 
I, I, I see that a lot. And for me, that's, that's spiritual bypassing of whatever pain you're carrying in your body, whatever disconnect you're carrying in your body. And like, I connect to spirit through my body. Like I connect through the chills. I connect through my intuition, my gut feeling, my, you know, the sensations that are happening in my body are actually the things that help me connect to spirit. So I think it's just missing that piece of the conversation. Yeah. It's a a great point, right? Because even if we use my like metaphor, your car is, is the thing that gets the radio signals tuned into it. Right. There's, it's not, it's not the person inside. Your car is not going to go if you don't put proper gas in it and take care of it. Yeah. You need to go anywhere, you know, same with your body. Like you've got to care for this thing and how you care for it is going to affect how life is for you and how you feel about the car, you know, your, yeah. your body, whatever, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's totally relevant. <laughs> the metaphor totally works. As we as we kind of wrap up here, I'm curious, what's your um how has this impacted your the way that you're like raising your daughter? Well, I have a son, first of all. Oh, sorry. So, it's okay. Sorry, my bad. Um how is this impacting the way you're raising your son? I'm not even that. Well, We're gonna <laughs> No, it's it's kind of funny because I always imagine myself to have a daughter. And, and who knows, I, there's still space for that, but yes, I'm raising a son and, um, it's impacting it a lot. You know, I, I feel like we, our culture is results in a lot of disembodiment. Um, like our generation's version of it was massive eating disorders it was, you know, we were like on the tail end of like Baywatch and stuff that like, but this is the, what beauty looks like. And, um, and nowadays we have, you know, we have AI entering the space and we're like, uh, <laughs> we're like handing off our thinking to like chat GPT and shit like that. And, um, of course, the pandemic, we were isolated from each other. And so that creates that disconnect. Um, so I, you know, my son is two, is a little over two years old right now. So the things that I'm looking at now with him is like helping him regulate his emotions. So I'm just getting to the point where I'm like teaching him how to breathe when when he gets frustrated which is not going very well but it's my commitment (laughs) but you know i'm looking at these things of um you know all these things that i had to learn as an adult of emotional regulation nervous system regulation like how can i teach him those tools now yeah and i love like i'm seeing a lot of like mindfulness for kids stuff and I'm all about that. I'm all about it. You know, part of the practice that I do involves booty shaking and twerking. And the shaking element is a very powerful emotional release, trauma release technique, just shaking in general. 
Yeah. If you think about if you think about a, an animal that's like animal in stuff. trauma, yeah. they start doing the shivers. And like you, I'm sure you've experienced that too when you're like processing big stuff. And so, you know, what I feel like a lot of us are on is healing, healing childhood wounds, right? And we're, we're, there's a lot of healing happening in our generation. And I'm like, what if this next generation knows how to process their trauma as it's happening or right after it's happening? What if we give them the language of what are they feeling and what's what wisdom is in their feelings and and having that relationship to feelings and not being like ruled by them or or pushing them to the side and disconnecting from them, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I also, I'm like, I'm bringing back the bicycle gang in my neighborhood because I like, I want to see that. I want to see that again. I want, well, again, it's, it's the connection thing yeah. and getting like, you know, as a parent, I'm like, all these devices and um, like, how do I instill presence in a world that is constantly look over here, look over here, look over here. And I'm, and I'm guilty of it too. You know, like I, I, I get into my doom scroll and whatnot. So um. Yeah, all of that is informing how I parent my child. I love that idea about the, if we have the tools, you know, I don't think we'll ever be able to like avoid trauma or not have it at all, but like, you know, changing the relationship with it, that it's not maybe lingering in us or sitting in us unworked with for years and years and years. Um, yeah, it's funny. I have a practice. You said the shaking. Um I shake a lot. I, uh, I have a, I, I got to it from plant medicine. It like showed me, um, a way that like, when you feel something that's not yours to like shake it off. Mm -hmm. And it like showed me how to do it. Um, and in plant medicine ceremonies, when people are having like people throwing up, people like having crying, like I spend like half the experience shaking because it's like, I'm receiving all that, like very empathically. And it's like, this isn't mine, like, let it go, let it go. Um, and it feels great. And one of the things that I, that I love is I love learning from animals. And if you watch dogs, they're shaking, they constantly will stand up and shake everything off and they do it all. And they do it. It's a regular thing. And depending on the energetics of the situation, they do it more or less often. Um, and I actually have a practice where I'm like, when my dog shakes, shake. Like let, you know, um, yeah. And it's weird. Cause you, you can't like walk down the street shaking. I mean, you mm -hmm. can, but you're going to get taken somewhere probably. Um, but it's like one of the, there are plenty of times where you can do it and it's like perfectly fine. Um, oh, I tell people, oh, I just kind of on all of that, you know, one of the, one of the moves that I teach in my class, I call it the temper tantrum. And it's basically, you're like twisting and shaking your hips back and forth. And I, and I call it the temper tantrum because I'm like, use your arms, you know, like you're a little kid that wants ice cream for dinner. Like yeah. you got the move. Right. And I tell people, I'm like, listen, next time you're in the throes of whatever hectic emotion, maybe a, maybe a situation with your boss or coworkers or your partner or your kids, like give yourself a bathroom break, go to the bathroom 
and do this and watch it shift everything inside of you. And, and so I, you know, I totally, I know it's medicine. I, I utilize it on the reg, you know? Yeah. It has a similar effect of like, when you feel unstable or scared, like go outside and stand in the grass or go lie on the grass, belly down onto on the grass, right? You're not, don't lie on the floor of your office. Like go find a grassy area and lie stomach down on the grass and just lie there and like, let the earth hold you. Uh, It has that same, right? It's a, one is letting it go. And the other is kind of like letting it in. Absolutely. Uh, And by the way, all of this is embodiment practices. Yeah. All of it. Anything else you want to say before we wrap? Um, I, I don't know. I'm just really proud of us, both of us. <laughs> it's so nice to have known you for so long and to see your life unfold and, um, and to know like where I was and who I was when we first knew each other and started working together. And, and I'm, I just have a lot of, pride thanks yeah wow it's i was just kind of thinking when you said that i was like how long have we known each other and i don't know exactly i mean probably 2016 ish 17 2016 but what i know is when we met and we and i first i remember the first time i ever coached you i was in new york i was living in new york and i was living with my i was engaged to somebody else um God, that's such a funny, we were out to dinner the other night and my mom was telling a story. I'm going to leave this as a way to end this. My mom's telling a story and Evan's at next to me at one side of the table. My dad's next to me, my brother, his wife, some other friends. We are out for my mom's birthday. My mom's telling a story about me, about something. And she's like, oh yeah, she's like telling it all normal. And then she gets to the part where she has to say my ex's name. And she like kind of leans forward and like whispers it, like to not say it too loud. So Evan doesn't hear it. And I'm like, do you think she doesn't know that I <laughs> we just like all started laughing? Um, she's like, I didn't know, I don't know. Yeah, but that was a long God, what a I get I track, I can think about like the different relationships. You know, both of us have been through different relationships, different really serious relationships, um, and just full life changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for saying that. Um, it's great to see you. You're doing great. It's great to see like, you know, you've you've come like a long way back from some big falls. And uh, that's always been like a testament of like who you are is since I've met you, you've been extraordinarily resilient. Um, you you uh, you put yourself out there to to fall sometimes. And sometimes you do, but you like always get back up, which is pretty amazing. The rocky four in me. <laughs> um, if people want to uh, find out more about Bombooty, if they want to reach out to you, what's the best way? Yeah, the best place to find me is on Instagram. So I have my personal Instagram. It's Shauna underscore Mox, and it's S H A W N A underscore M O X. Um, and then I also have a bomb booty. So that's underscore bomb booty, B-O-M-B-O-O-T-Y. And then I have a website, bombbooty.com, B-O-M-B-O-O-T-Y.com. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Everyone listening, thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Please share this episode with a friend. Share it with somebody who it could make a difference for. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream. And I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.